0: Growing up, and if you're anywhere near my age, we remember, well, the sign of the cross in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You know, we remember those days we talked about the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost. Little problem in that term ghost. In fundamental languages, ghost and spirit are the same thing. But in English, we can have spirits, we have ghosts, but they're not exactly the same thing. We get images of the Holy Spirit of truly being a ghost. Uh, Think Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. Uh, Charles Dickens was a very learned man, religious. Uh, You can tell that he took his religion seriously when you look at all of his involvements in social justice. When he talked about the three ghosts in Christmas Carol, in his mind was the Holy Trinity. Ghosts of Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas yet to come. But he truly portrayed the Holy Spirit, or that third person, as a very frightening ghost. Which would have been correct for how people, that part of England in the 19th century, would have understood the Holy Ghost. But that's not the Holy Ghost. That's that's not what the scriptures say. And in the scriptures, we'll never see the word ghost, except when they think Jesus might be a ghost when he's walking on water. But they use spirit, spirit. And it comes from, there's a Hebrew word, ruach. Then it comes into Greek as spiration. Ruach means breath. Spiration in Greek means to breathe out. Respiration means to breathe in and out. Expire means to breathe out your last. Ultimately, that word that we're talking about is not ghost. Ultimately, it is breath. It is the breath of God. When God created Adam, it's interesting how Genesis works it. It it says pretty much that what God did was make a mold of God's self, put the clay of the earth in it, made the mold, you know, made this creature in his own image and likeness. To bring it to life, what did God do? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of God. And we see time and time again... References to people breathing on people. We see it here in the gospel today. You know, there is no great story in this particular gospel uh, of John about like it is in the Acts of the Apostles. It simply says that Jesus breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. The story in Acts about Pentecost and even the story here in the gospel, they both go back to Genesis. In the story that Luke tells us in the Acts of the Apostles, he's making reference all through this to one particular story. The story of the Tower of Babel. And as we might remember the story, people began to believe that they were so clever that they could build a tower tall enough to reach God. Now, if you go back and read the story of creation, God created the heavens, they literally talk about a dome over the world. And all the stars and planets are suspended from the dome. So that's literally what Genesis says. And so what they began to believe is, Well, if it's a dome, we can build a tower tall tall enough to get to that dome, cut through it, and then we can see God. Now, the problem is, was their belief they could get to God all on their own. So God's not pleased with that. So what does God do? He strikes them with different languages because if they can't understand each other, they won't cooperate with each other. And if they won't cooperate with each other, they can't come to these conclusions that they can reach God all by themselves. So division is kind of, not only was there original sin, here's the next one in the story of the Tower of Babel, which all, Babel comes from the country's name Babylon, by the way, which is where the story is developed about the towers. The Babylonians loved towers. They were called ziggurats. And, you know, one of those seven wonders of the ancient world, you know, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon was one of those towers Part of what was happening in that story in, in, in Genesis is that they were in captivity. And problem is, well, not it comes later, but the problem is while they're in captivity in Babylon, they spoke Hebrew. But the longer they were in Babylon, the less they spoke Hebrew and the more they spoke Aramaic, which is ultimately the language that Jesus will speak. <coughs> and Hebrew will become for them what latin is for us a church language so even the hebrews themselves the jews even they now are having trouble cooperating with each other cuz some are speaking aramaic some are speaking hebrew some can speak both so we have the story of the tower of babel and as luke writes the acts of the apostle with apostles with that in mind what happens after that spirit is received, the apostles go out and preach. It does not say in this text that they were suddenly speaking in tongues. St. Paul will talk about the gift of tongues, Glossiolia. But it's not here in Acts. What does happen in Acts? It's not that the apostles are speaking all these different languages. Is that people who do speak different languages are understanding them. The gift here is not the gift of tongues. It's the gift of understanding. That what was broken at the Tower of Babel, God has fixed it with this gift of the Spirit. He is giving the gift of understanding. Understanding one another. Understanding what Jesus taught. You know, that's what they come to understand. You know, who the Lord is. And that is the gift to us. You know, heavens knows we've, we've got a lot of divisions in our world, in our families, in our companies, you know, in our city, in our country, in the world. The one gift God has given us that can fix every bit of that, we celebrate that gift today the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because it is the fundamental role of the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and unity so that we can experience God in our lives. When we pray the Eucharistic prayer this morning, after the consecration, I'll call down the Holy Spirit, and you'll see me extend my hands. This is called the Epiclesis. I'm calling down the Holy Spirit to make the miracle possible, the body and blood of Christ, and then we'll profess our faith But then begin listening to how many times in that prayer, I pray, we pray, for unity. We're calling on the Holy Spirit to bring unity in our lives, to bring understanding. Why do we take such great care of the human body when a person dies? Sometimes we'll hear someone say, well, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's a good term. in my case, the temple needs some renovation. But what we have in us is the breath of God. And we respect that gift by the way we deal with people after their death, by the care in which we take to put them in a place where the body is revered and the remains are respected as we all wait for that day. When God will breathe on the earth and bring us from our graves. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just as God breathed into the nostrils of Adam, Jesus breathed once more and we have been created anew. We don't want to slip back. Let us remember with whatever we think, say, or do. We're reflecting God within, sometimes really well, and sometimes we reflect something else that might be in us. But never forget, we live and move and breathe because God breathed into us.